You are welcome to Faith to Faith broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor T.B. Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Prophecy is speaking by the Spirit of God. And today I'll be speaking by the Spirit of God. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. So, you can speak by your spirit or speak by the Spirit of God. The Bible says prophecy came of old, not by the will of the prophets of old. But they spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance, as he moved them. And this morning, there are movings and stirrings. And I will be speaking in the direction of those movings and stirrings. Catch something today. Receive something today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will be mobilizing and activating chariots of destiny. That will carry you from where you are to where you ought to be. You didn't hear me well. I said I will be mobilizing and activating chariots of destiny. That will carry you from where you are to where you ought to be. God spoke to Philip. said, join yourself to this chariot. When? Now. There was no time to hesitate. No time to think. No time to make a decision. That was a physical chariot. There is a chariot here in this service for you. To take you from where you are to where you ought to be. There are certain movements that human instruments cannot help you achieve. There is no human vehicle that can carry you into the purpose of God for your life. And so God releases prophetic vehicles, amen, that come and carry you from where you are to where you ought to be. Imagine that Elijah was to leave and then he's waiting for a bus. He's waiting for a train. He's waiting for a plane. No. Where he was going to, only a whirlwind can carry him there. And there are whirlwinds of the Spirit this morning that will carry you into the place that God has ordained for you. And let the people say loud, Amen. Amen. So I'm saying to you that I carry mandates this morning. And that I am mobilizing and activating chariots of destiny to carry you, your family, your business, from where it is to where it ought to be. And let the people say loud, Amen. Amen. You know, when we have meetings like this, it is important to understand certain things. That's why the scripture said, I give you to understand. 
Because most of the time, the reason why people miss out is because they don't understand. They don't understand. And when it comes to the things of the Spirit, understanding is, a, is something that unlocks mysteries to you. So he said, I give you to understand. So we need to make you first understand. Glory to God. You know, a lot of times believers, especially in this era and of this generation, belittle the place of the prophetic. They belittle the place, some in a bid to explain the importance of the ministry of the believer, try to override the place of the fivefold. Hello? The ministry of the believer has its place. But never, ever downplay. Because I always say this way, there are people that behave like they know what God does not know. They have secrets or keys that God does not have. The one that set up the plan, put it like that. Amen. You don't have to like it. Amen. That's just how it is. If you don't like the sky above your head, walk upside down. If you look at the scriptures, permit me to just lay a foundation before we get into what I have for you today. You will find that the first time the office of the prophet was explained, or the prophetic was explained, was even in the book of Genesis. And we saw God in Genesis 20 visit a man in his dream. Listen to me. There are people that will be visited in their dream for you. We are still releasing it to you. You are not catching. God visited Abimelech in his dream. We were not told Abraham prayed any special prayer. But Abimelech had taken Abraham's wife. Abraham's fault. Abraham did not fight. He just let it be. But God will not let it be. I said God will not let it be. I said God will not let it be. Because divine agenda will be interrupted. And so we found that we got to see God visited Abimelech in his dream and said, you are a dead man. Genesis 20 is the first place the word prophet was ever used in the Bible. And based on the law of first mention in biblical explanation and interpretation, if that was where it was first mentioned, what was the role that it played 
the original meaning of prophet will not be far from that thing that happened in Genesis 20. And so God said to him, Restore to the man his wife, for he is a prophet. Now, I don't know if Abimelech knew what prophet was, but he didn't ask. Meaning that he got the message. Amen. Amen. He got the message. He is a prophet. Abraham never introduced himself to us as prophet. But God said he is a prophet. And then suddenly, God was speaking to... Now listen, God was speaking to the man directly. God did not send a messenger to him. God, who? God, who? God was speaking directly to the man. And told him he's a prophet. Then he told him what to do. You will go and return his wife, but don't return her empty. You will carry a special offering and give to the man. Then he said something powerful there. He said, he will pray for you and you will leave. That means you're already dead. Though. Are you understanding me? Are you with me? Look at it. Go down to the next verse. He shall, thank you, sir. Back to 7. Genesis 27. Let me just read it. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet. He shall pray for thee, and you shall leave. If not, you are dead. You know why he said so? God already told him you are dead. That means the prophet has the right to reverse it. God had told him you are dead. Then he said he will pray for you. Then you shall leave. <laughs> if you read down the verse, the Bible said, I think the 17th and 18th verse, the last two verses. It said the Lord had first closed the wombs. Amen. Now, we didn't know anything happened to Abimelech. We thought the only problem or consequence of that action was that he was going to die. We didn't know that the wombs of everyone had been shot just by doing what they did. For the Lord had first closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because, because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Is it the only wife they have collected in this world? Some open their mouth and say, prophets are not special. They are special. Go and knock your head on the wall. They are special. I didn't come here to play with anybody today. For the Lord had first closed up all the womb of the house of Abimelech. All, not some, all, everyone. It was one man that took his wife, but all were affected. Because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. They might have been taking wives among themselves. Because taking of wives was not a difficult. They might have been doing that among themselves. Maybe. And nothing had happened. But when they touched Abraham's wife, the story was different. So, the first role we saw the prophet fulfill or carry out in this scripture was womb opening. Everybody say womb opening. Say again, womb opening. 
A prophet is a womb opener. And I'm not just talking about physical wombs. Are we together? He opened the womb. It means that if that didn't happen, forever and ever, people will be wondering why that family, nobody has given birth. Why that house, nobody had given birth. Amen. But the prophet came and opened the womb. Glory to God. Today, wombs will be opened by the anointing of the Spirit of God. Prophecy is the mother of events. The Bible uses a language. You'll find it in Exodus and Numbers. It says, the child that opened the matrix. you find it in Exodus and Numbers. The child that opened the matrix. He's talking about the firstborn. The matrix there was the womb. Matrix is an English word. You know, something or a place where something else originates or develops from. And when you understand that prophecy is a matrix of destiny, amen, that things will never open up until the word of God has come. And so, the wombs opened. And wombs will open this morning. Wombs of individuals, families, organizations, companies are opening up today in the name of Jesus Christ. I said they're opening up in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's what we've come to do today. That was the first role. Now, one more thing I just want to say about this. Do you know that Abraham, God was speaking to Abimelech. Why didn't he say, don't worry, I have opened your womb? Why didn't he say, you, don't worry, because I've spoken to you, you will leave. He said, go to the man. God was directing the man to another man. Are you listening to me? Now, who is going to answer the prayer of Abraham? Is it not the same God? I'm asking you. Are you awake this morning? The God that is going to answer the prayer was directing him, Abimelech, go to Abraham. He will pray for you. Okay, Abimelech say, why should I go? If not for anything, for the ego of Abimelech, why should I go to him? Since you have met me in the dream, let's work this thing out between me and you. Yes, I'm working with you. I'm already with you. God said, no, that's not how it works. That mandate is in his hand. Amen. And I, God, will not violate it. Amen. There are mandates I carry for you today. I said, there are mandates I carry for you today. Glory to God. My opening text is Ephesians 1, verse 9 to 11. Ephesians chapter 1. And um, I'll be teaching, preaching, prophesying in one breath. But it will be coming out at unexpected moments. Receive. Let your spirit be alert. Amen. Amen. Are you there? It says, having made known unto us in New Testament, the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure, which he had what? Proposed in himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven 
and which are on earth, even in him. Verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him, who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Did you see that? Now, go back to verse 10. Let me just stay there a bit. That what? In the dispensation. Let's read together. I want to go. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Hallelujah. Everybody say dispensation. Everybody say dispensation. Today we'll be betting dispensations in your life. When we talk about this, most of the time, I know that Bible scholars might have read and heard things and studied. The Bible talks about the fact that God's eternal program is separated in dispensations. Hallelujah. Pockets of time. And uh, between the time where angels, or the dispensation of angels, and the final, final redemption of the faithful, there are seven dispensations. And you'll find that there was a program for every dispensation. But at the end of the day, the thing that God wants to achieve will be achieved. Amen? So, when we say dispensation, I know the first thought that comes to your mind is time of mankind, of God's eternal plan. Bible scholars tell us that there are, there's the dispensation of innocence. From Adam, he was innocent, up until Genesis 3. Then the dispensation of conscience. Praise God. Alright? And we find that going on up till about Genesis 10 or Genesis 11, Genesis 9, thereabout. Then the dispensation of human government. Hallelujah. Where man was deciding what will happen. You know the story of the Tower of Babel. Amen. Those were dispensations. It means that the operations of God were different for these dispensations. Are we together? That there's a specific thing God was trying to achieve in that pocket of time. In that space of time. Then it will phase out. And then another dispensation will come. Then they came to the dispensation of promise. Abraham. Hallelujah. Genesis 12. And then Abraham's period broke into Exodus. Dispensation of the law. Glory to God. And then the dispensation of the law broke into the dispensation of grace. Amen. Where we are. And then it will end in the dispensation of divine government. Amen. When Jesus will reign. Are we together? That means, that dispens- that means the words. That there are certain programs of God for these dispensations. Difference. The way they preached during the dispensation of conscience might be different from what we are saying today. Amen. Am I communicating? But today I'm not speaking about dispensation in general terms. 
I am speaking about dispensation, individual, individual dispensations. Amen. That in your own life, glory to God, there are dispensations. Glory to God. Say there are dispensations. So that's where I'm speaking from. So when I say betting dispensations, you'll find that in all of those dispensations, there were human vessels that were involved. Hallelujah. People were involved. We cannot talk about betting dispensations without talking about people. The role that people carry. Today, some of you here, a new phase is opening for you. So I speak of dispensation with respect to individual destinies. I say this again. I am speaking of dispensation with respect to what? Individual destinies. Glory to God. You know that statement in the scripture that says that you will bring forth fruit in your season. How many of you know that statement? It's a concept of the doctrine of dispensation. That means there are seasons. Amen. Are we together? That means there are seasons. Just as the way God created the earth, that we have Nigeria, we have rainy season, <laughs> we have dry season. Alright? And in the Western nations, they have winter, summer, the fall, and uh, what's the last one? Spring. So, in your life also, there are different dispensations. So let me just give a definition of dispensations and then we move from there. By dispensation, I mean a distinctive arrangement or period in history that forms the framework through which God relates to mankind. But in your personal case, let me say it this way. Dispensations are tenures in destiny. You know, when you go to school, you have first term, second term, third term. Is that not so? All right? So dispensation are terms. Are we together? In destiny. There are terms in destiny. What they might be teaching you in first term is even for second term. But when they are done with you, you will become. Is that not so? Okay, let's use university. There's a first semester and there's a second semester. So, permit me to say that dispensations are semesters of destiny. Amen? Amen. But some people never enter the next semester. They keep repeating the former semester for years until the prophetic comes and ushers them into the next semester. Today, someone will enter the next semester. So when we speak about dispensations, we are talking also about a stage in God's progressive plan for you. That God's progressive plan has phases and stages. So when we say betting dispensations, we are betting the new stage, the next phase. Amen. In God's progressive plan. His plan is a progressive plan. It's a glory to glory plan. One level of shine to the other. Dispensations. Betting dispensations. Glory to God. Did you get that? So what does prophecy do? Prophecy sets the sequence 
for the various phases of destiny. Amen. It sets the sequence for the various phases of destiny. There are a lot of misconceptions believers have. And I pray that today the Spirit of God will help you to put those things right. In, Gen- in Hebrews 12, we are made to understand destiny was described as a race that is set before us. Amen. You remember that? Wherefore, seeing we are compassed with such a great cloud of witness, let us run the race that is set before us with patience. It talks about destiny as a race that is set before you. So, destiny is a, is, is a race set before you. So, dispensation are the different laps in that race. Amen. Are we together? You know, you run the first lap, then you run the second lap. Are you understanding me? There are different laps in that race. And so sometimes you have believers as a pastor. You meet with believers that are stuck in a particular lap. They are stuck on a stage. They are stuck in a particular phase. They've not been able to transit from one dispensation in their destiny to the next. And one of the strong things I've noticed about the call of God upon my life is that I, even before we started pastoring, long before I was ordained into ministry, I noticed that when people are transiting in life from one phase to the other, God arranges for us to meet. That I might speak a word. In my early days, I didn't understand what it was, but I've observed well over 20 years, it has been consistent. And I found out that there is a mandate to bet dispensations. There are people God brings into your life, their role is not to feed you with information, it's to bet dispensations. It means that if you didn't meet them, that thing will not open. You think that Jesus didn't know what he was doing. Even Jesus Christ had dispensations in his earthly walk. The first 30 years were silent. Silent years. First 30 years. Silent. He was as much son of God in year one as year 30. But that was the phase. God had set John the Baptist as the one that will bet that new dispensation for Jesus. Amen. Are we together? That means that Jesus will not have entered. But he went to John the Baptist in Jordan. And then he was dipped in. When he came out, the window, the the heavens opened. Glory to God. I said what? The heavens what? Opened. And then there was a witness from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That was the beginning of a new dispensation for Jesus. That's where the miraculous opened up. Amen. No miracle had happened for the first 30 years of his life. John the Baptist was an individual. But he carried that mandate to push Jesus into the next dispensation. Are we together? 
When he came to meet John, even John was surprised. You came here? He said, yes. Suffer it to be so for now. To fulfill all righteousness. Meaning that, listen, the alignment will not be complete if I don't come here. There are two things I don't want you to forget. I was speaking to them in Norfolk. I said, listen, when it comes to the prophetic, when it comes to dispensations, people and places. Everybody say people and places. Say, get people and places. Listen, you, if, if Jesus didn't like it, say, no, no, no. I don't like Jordan. I don't like Jordan. I don't like Jordan. I, I want to go to a social place. Go there. There is a place. And today you have gathered in the place, though. I said, you have gathered in the place. And all of a sudden, boom. That was it. The next story we heard about Jesus was that. And his fame spread abroad. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Someone is returning. Amen. Amen. Different from how they came today. He returned in the power of the Spirit. Why? And ushering into a new dispensation. On his destiny path. Study your scriptures. Mention any Bible character. Study it. You will find that. Elisha was doing his own thing. Doing his own thing. Taking care of his father's oxen. Until he met Elijah. That phase. Do you think it was that day God decided to call him? No. God had called him before the foundations of the earth. But the dispensation. Someone had to push him into it. Someone carry. Listen, everything that you need God to do is already packaged inside this world you are living in. Lift your hand and say, In the name of Jesus, no more roaming around in one phase, no more repeating of phases. By this meeting, I move to the next phase. Amen. Is a consistent idea in scripture that people find themselves in places where they are waiting. They don't even know what they are waiting for. God at one point to the children of Israel, you have dwelt long enough on this mountain. Move. Meaning that that dispensation of staying here is over. Amen. Now, one of the greatest misconceptions and which the Spirit of God has instructed me to help correct today is that people think that if a prophecy has been spoken over me, it's all over. Not so. There's no scripture that says so. Hallelujah. Are we together? There's no scripture that says so. And I will show you um, maybe two scenarios, if time will permit me. Because there are some of you here, there are certain things the Spirit of God will do in your life today. That the tears and the pains of the last five years will be wiped away. That in the next five days, you will look back and ask yourself, why didn't I know these things?
There is an eternal program of God for your life. But everything is not meant to happen at the same time. Are we together? There are different allocations for different periods of your life. But at every junction, when it's time for the next phase, there are special arrangements that God makes to push into the next. It is your responsibility to cooperate with those special arrangements. And I'm telling you that this service is one of those special arrangements for you. Lift your hand and say, it's my special arrangement today. Say this, tell your neighbor, this meeting, this meeting. Glory to God. Very important to recognize that. Now, what I'm trying to say is this. When it comes to prophecy, listen to what I want to say to you now. There is no such thing as an unconditional prophecy. Did you hear me? There's no such thing as an unconditional prophecy. None. And that's where a lot of New Testament folks miss it. Because they think... You know, sometimes I think the misconception comes from the idea where we talk about uh, unconditional favor. Amen? Or unconditional covenants. It depends on what you mean. Glory to God. It depends on what you mean. The interpretation is shallow. Amen. But the point here is that there is no prophecy spoken over man that did not have a condition. Some of the conditions might not be open, might not have been explicit in Scripture, but there were conditions. Now, let's start from the New Testament. Look at what God through Paul, was doing with Timothy. The popular 1 Timothy 1.18. Paul was instructing Timothy. Put it up. This charge, this charge, I commit unto you, son Timothy. What? According to the prophecies which went before thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Okay, if it's going to happen, are you understanding me? He's not just going to say, don't worry. The prophecy that went before on thee, everything is settled. He said, no, use it to war a good warfare. Hello? That means if he doesn't wage a good warfare, it will look like the prophecies were not there. Are you listening to me? If you look at this scripture and several scriptures, you'll find that when words were spoken over people, there were conditions. There were conditions. There were conditions. Without those conditions being met, prophecy can be delayed. Are you hearing me? Without those conditions being met, prophecy can be delayed. Without those conditions being met, prophecy can even be denied. Disrupted. You know, sometimes people don't understand our personal destinies and God's eternal program. The difference. Hello. There are what we call eternal verdicts. Judicial decisions of God. They are locked at different ends. It means that that one will never change. 
Then we have a role. When the Bible talks about the purpose of God for us, God's purpose for us, it is within the confines of his verdicts. Meaning that God could say, hey, okay, this is what's going to happen. Now, let me give an example. Do you know there is no scripture that said that it had to be Judas that would betray Jesus Christ? Hello? When the prophecy was given that someone was going to betray Jesus, he didn't write a name. There was no name written. Hello? So someone entered the negative prophecy. In the same way someone can enter the positive prophecy. So God's purpose, the Greek word for purpose is protesis. It actually means God's proposal. His intention based on his verdict. So you can either accept it or reject it. Amen. So God will say, hey, this is what I want you to do. If you do your part, it will fall in line with my eternal program. That program won't change. But I am aligning you to it. Let me go ahead. Now, scenario one. If you read the scriptures carefully, you'll find that I said prophecy is conditional. Say it to your neighbor, prophecy is conditional. Some of you are hearing it for the first time. Tell your neighbor, prophecy is conditional. Okay, let me give you the easiest scenario before we go to the more complex one. <laughs> Let's use New Testament. Colossians 4.17 Very simple though. Colossians 4.17 But I just want to bring out something there. Oh glory to God. Is it up? And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. That's the scripture. Say to who? Archippus. There are Archippus here. <laughs> Paul was telling the Colossian church, say to Archippus, he's a minister. If you read another portion, he calls Archippus, another point, a fellow soldier. So he was a minister of the gospel. He said, say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord. That what? Thou fulfill it. Now hold on, hold on. The condition is take heed. Everybody say, take heed. Meaning that it will not be fulfilled if you don't take heed. He would have as well said, say to Archippus, the ministry has been fulfilled. He said, no, to take heed that it might be fulfilled. There's some of you that think that, oh, you know, a word was spoken over you, hands were laid on you, the power of God came upon you, it's done. Yes, something has opened. But when it comes to prophecy, there are external conditions and there are internal conditions. Sometimes the external conditions are ready, but the internal conditions are not yet met. So it keeps hanging until that alignment is complete. Amen. Is there anybody here that has heard a prophecy that has not yet happened? How many here? Yeah, there are. 
If you're working with God, you will have words that have been spoken over you that you are still waiting to see. Glory to God. In my work with God over the years, I've seen things that were spoken over me or visions that I had that have been fulfilled. And there are several others that are still yet pending. Still yet pending. I remember my ordination morning about that time. I had a vision. And I saw something. Then, years went by. This would have been about 19 years ago. Years went by. And uh, in 2003, some things happened. And I was thinking, that vision I saw, this 2003 was the time for it. You know, then it wasn't the time. Ah, it wasn't the time. It wasn't the time. There are things that happened in 2003 that have manifested verbatim, exactly. I'm even walking into one next week. Exactly. Then the ones that were said before then, then I'm waiting. 2003. No, it's not it. I thought it was it. 2005, I thought it was it. It wasn't it. 2009, that's okay. This should be it. No, it wasn't it. 2009, no. Like that, like that. I'm still waiting. Glory to God. There are external conditions. And most of the time, the conditions that are hanging are the internal conditions. Say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received, that thou fulfill it. Now, the children of Israel, you'll find that there was a prophecy over them. God was speaking to Abraham. Genesis 15 verse 13, put it up. In Genesis 15 13, God was speaking to Abraham. Now, in the prophetic calendar of God for Israel, they were meant to spend 400 years in Egypt. Look at the scripture. And he said unto Abraham, I'm reading Genesis 15, 13. And he said unto Abraham, know of a surety, of a certainty, that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. And shall serve them, and they shall afflict them, how many? 400 years. God was the one speaking. God knows maths. Are you hearing me? Huh? To prove to you that this, was, this, this statement was not a mistake, let me show you the repetition of the statement, the quotes of it in the New Testament. Acts 7 verse 6. Acts 7 6. It was repeated in the New Testament. Just to explain exactly what God said. And God spoke on this wise. This was when Stephen was preaching, after which he was killed. And God spoke on this wise that his seed shall sojourn in a strange land and that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil. How many? 400 years. Everybody say what? 400 years. This was prophecy. The prophecy delivered is 400 years. Imagine, say, in 400 years time, this is going to happen. But do you know it didn't happen in 400 years? Amen. 
Exodus 12, 41. The prophecy was 400 years. In Exodus 12, 41, in real time, in manifestation, look at what happened. And it came to pass at the end of what? The 400 and what? 30 years. Even the self-same day came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. So, in manifestation, Israel spent 430 years. Contrary to the plan for them to spend how many? 400 years. Is there somebody here <laughs> that is in that same boat? Amen. Well, see, it had nothing to do with God. There are external conditions and there are what? Internal conditions. I won't be surprised that Moses was part of the reason why he became 430 years. Amen. We may not have all the arrangements here, but I won't be surprised. Moses was, we were told that Moses taught this was how God was going to do it. And then decided to be an activist. Oh, we are saying, let them people go. Amen. Activism is not how God fulfills his purpose. Amen. Whether in the church, it's never, it's never his way. Glory to God. It's never his way. So, they tried. Moses tried. And then, they drove him out. He roamed around. And started taking care of cattle for so many years. Before he came back again. It was at age 80 or thereabouts. Amen. So, we saw that the experience of Moses killing that man in Egypt was about, when he was about 40. Glory to God. And then when he discovered himself back, it was about 80. So if you do the calculation, maybe Moses was involved. Amen. Am I communicating? Today, those conditions, the Spirit of God will open your eyes and empower you. Amen. To fulfill them in the name of Jesus Christ. Most of the time, when prophecies come, the empowerment to meet the conditions are released to you. I don't know why they spoke a word over my life that in six months' time, this will happen. I don't know why it has not happened. It's never a problem on God's side. Never. Never. There are certain things that even Jesus to be born, the Messiah to be born, you know, church history talks about the fact that Jesus Christ, you know, if Rome had not taken over Israel before Jesus was born, the roads from Europe down to Jerusalem will not have been built. Amen. So that when Jesus is born and then the church will be born, the gospel can go back and go around the world. The infrastructure had to be laid before Jesus was born. Are you listening to me? There are some of you here, external conditions have been met to. What is about to happen now is that the internal conditions, there's an aligning. Amen. Amen. I said there's an aligning. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, the dimension and duration of manifestation is not determined by who spoke the prophecy to you. Did you hear me? The dimension, how it will happen, and how long it will take, the duration, is not determined by who spoke the word to you. It's determined by the recipients. Amen. Amen. I said the dimension of... And duration of the manifestation is not determined by the speaker. 
a prophet went to Hezekiah and told him, you shall surely die. Put your house in order. The guy went back and realigned. Amen. He turned his face to the wall and realigned. God sent the prophet back. Go and add. Try communicating. This, listen to me. The last year in your life where you are seeing pictures and part of it is being fulfilled. Where you are hearing things and the manifestation is not coming. Was it not Elijah that spoke and said, I hear the sound of abundance. That's prophecy. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. It's prophecy. After speaking the word, he found that the conditions have not been met. He went back and put his head between his knees until the alignment was perfect. And then the rains came. Amen. Your rain is coming. Back at In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I'll enter this. You see, the Bible talks about something. There are two scriptures I love so much. One is Romans 15 verse 4. The other is 1 Corinthians 10 11. Let's read the one in 1 Corinthians 10 11. They say similar things. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 11. Go In 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11, it says there, now all these things, which things? All that happened from Genesis to Adam, to Noah, to Abraham, to the patriarchs, all these things happened unto them for examples. And they are written for our admonition on whom the ends of the world are come. Did you get that? That means that the word there, examples, 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 in King James, examples, the Greek word is tupos. It means types, models. Everybody say types. Models. Say models. models. Now, let me explain what I mean. You know, every human experience has already been captured in Scripture. Do you hear me? Locked in the Holy Scriptures are examples, types and models of all the possible human challenges and questions with the answers already provided in Scripture. Amen? Are you getting me? I'm saying that the Scriptures already have answers for every scenario that will ever occur in any human life. That's why the Bible uses the word, there are types. That means that all through time, there are experiences that God led the prophets to into. Situations and circumstances, they were for you. Amen. That means that where you are, there's an answer for you. But it takes the Holy Spirit to open it up. Glory to God. Because you might not even know that the answer is in this story. It's in this experience. It's captured here. But listen to me. Through the prophetic where your answer is captured will open up to you. Amen. All this happened as examples, as types, as types, as types. The Bible says the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. What it means is that, listen, the, the Spirit is the hovering Spirit. Let, what, what does it mean? You know, there's a scripture that the Bible talks about how it said, I will walk, will dwell in them. I think 2 Corinthians 6, 16. I will walk in them and I will dwell in them. God was saying, I will walk in them and dwell in them. The word there actually means to parambulate. Amen. The Spirit of God is going to parambulate. Meaning that he will be supervising your life. Amen. 
to see the various aspects of his word being fulfilled. Amen. But now, in Genesis, where the Bible said the Spirit of God hovered, in the hovering of God, from the eternal past, God has hovered over into the eternal future. And seen all the circumstances that will ever occur, and packaged the answers, and started giving them as prophecy. Amen. In time. Are you listening to me? So before God's word came, before God said, let there be light, he had seen all the possible problems that will ever be. You didn't get me. Time begins here and ends here. The Spirit of God had gone from the beginning to the end. Let me use that illustration for lack of proper illustration. Alright? After going over Nigeria, going over your life, going over other circumstances, he has seen all the problems that could ever happen. Then he comes back in time and starts giving. The words he's giving, they are not words from someone that is lacking the kind of the knowledge of what problem. No. He has already seen the problems that will happen. The words are already programmed for those problems you will meet. But there are conditions. Everybody say there are conditions. Two things you go home with today is this. For every prophecy, look out for the instruction. Amen. Everybody say the instruction. There are instructions. And the second thing, there are corrections. Amen. It will say instruction. Then say correction. It's so sad that we have a generation that does not want to hear the word correction. That is a dead generation that doesn't want to hear the word correction. If you don't want to hear the word correction, you're not ready for the move of God in your life. Amen. No, you're not ready for the move of God in your life. You are not ready for the move of God in your life. There's somebody here as I'm speaking to you. The corrections of the Spirit are happening. Amen. Amen. Because this thing will not fail. Instructions and corrections. The instructions and corrections help you to align in the condition. Those internal conditions, you align. And the prophecy will begin to manifest. The longest ever dialogue man had with an angel. You'll find it in Judges 13. I'm not going there. When Manoah, that was the man's name, the angel met him and said, Ho, a child will be born. The thing the man asked, possible for it not to be fulfilled. Amen. Please, how can we be sure it will be fulfilled? That means he was asking, what are the conditions? What are the instructions? And the guy said, this child must not take strong drink ever. And he will not cut his hair. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? The prophecy had his instructions. The prophecy over your life has instructions with it. There's no such thing as an unconditional prophecy. That's why you have believers sitting down waiting, waiting. All the words that God spoke to the patriarchs. Hey, go. Get out of your country. Into, to the land I will show you. If they didn't go, will the prophecy be fulfilled? Listen to me. Manifestations are tied to instructions and corrections. Are you hearing me? Tell your neighbor, say manifestations are tied to instructions and corrections. Glory to God. They are connected, they are woven around instructions and corrections. Anybody that always has problems with instructions and corrections, they always have delayed manifestations. Check it. In any church, anywhere, delayed manifestations. 
So why, 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 why we went in London doing like eh, eh, they would have, they would have. You know, some people have suggestions for the spirit of God. They have suggestions for the spirit of God. It's just like Naaman standing, and then they say, "Go and wash in the pool seven times." He starts figuring it out seven times. Why? First of all, why, why the pool? Why this? Dirty rivers. I'm coming from a place where we have better rivers. I might even have a pool in my house. He can even suggest and say, okay, okay, can I just do it for one, one seven times? Seven? Seven times? I, I will look foolish. Please, stay wise and sick. Stay wise and broke. Stay wise and defeated. There are some people that in trying to be wise, they have stayed on one spot. Dispensations have not come. Sometimes it takes what others call foolishness for you to enter into God's wisdom. Amen. Amen. When any human being has problems with instructions and corrections, he's not ready for the prophetic. If you read the scriptures, you'll find the Bible talks about the different winds of God. Hallelujah. The four winds of the heavens. And you see that some of the time, God will send a particular wind. It doesn't come to arrange things. It will come and scatter something. Amen? Before God starts arranging. Glory to God. Listen, some of you here are going through phases in your life. You don't like the experiences, but you are supposed to be there. And I'm not talking about dying with cancer here. That's not what I'm talking about. There are corrections. The Bible calls them chastenings. Everybody say chastenings. Everybody say chastenings. Say it again, chastenings. You find, where he said, Wherefore, seeing we're compassed about with so great a cloud of air, let us lay aside every weight instruction, and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. If you read further, he now starts giving instructions. Amen. Most of us stop at verse 2, but the instruction goes down to verse 8. Glory to God. Are we together? Go down, go down. Let me just show you something. Good. Go for 7. Let's start from 7. If ye endure chastening, amen. This chastening are corrections of God. Are you listening to me? Listen, God corrects in the New Testament, amen. He corrects, He corrects. What does the Bible say? All scripture is given for the spirit, by the Spirit of God, and they are profitable for what? For doctrine, for correction. For what? Correction. There are some of you here, because you have refused to be corrected, manifestation will remain. It will never show. And you'll be disturbing pastors everywhere. Lay hands on my ear. Lay hands on my back. Lay hands on my eye. It's not about laying on hand. The word has been spoken. Go and align with the correction. Amen. Go and align with the correction. Someone came to meet me, you know, not a church member. You know, they had issues. Serious issues, you know. Serious issues. I've known them for some time. And as they came... I won't want to go into details. As they came, this was just um, 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 not too long ago, not over a month. We met somewhere, and then as they were talking, the lady just, just broke down, explaining everything that happened. Now, she wanted me to pray and put a stop to it. Now, that family had had experiences that they've called me and Pam, miraculously stopped. Not one, not two. So when they, are, when they call me like that, 
I know that they have gone to the end. Are you understanding me? Because they pray. They've gone to the end. Listen, prayer warrior does not change the prophetic. You need it. If not, you'll be a prayer warrior. They pray. But they got to the point. And then they were talking. As we were talking, I remembered all the miracles that happened for them. Mighty miracles. Some of them we can't even believe. Mighty miracles. But as they were talking, they said, now you know the last time you spoke, now we want you to speak a word. I said, no, this one is not a word. It's an alignment. I said, your husband and you, what church have you been going to? They said, eh, you know, we have a kind of ministry of our own. And that, that, that. I said, hey, shh, shh. This thing will not stop. You are lacking cover. I'll finish speaking. Go anywhere, it won't stop. Go and find your pastor and stay there. I said, you will not pray one prayer. I said, you will not pray one prayer about this thing I'm saying to you. She started crying. She said, we know, we, that's the thing. Because they're also spiritual people. She said, that, as you are saying it, she was crying. It is it. If you like, go for 24 conferences. You will fall under the power 24 times. The problem will not go. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? That's the correction, the chastening of the Lord. Then, now, sometimes, everybody say, if you endure chastening, a lot of believers are dodging the chastenings of the Lord. You dodge chastening, you dodge manifestation. I say you dodge chastening, you dodge manifestation. Chastening, look, you think chastening is fun? Some people think we're in Christianity for fun. All this bread and butter Christianity thing. Is it when you here for fun? It's not fun. It's work. It's destiny. It's serious. It's grievous. Jesus did not... You think he was hanging on the cross and taking selfie? He was bruised. He was in pain. Agony of soul. 